welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello, everybody. Today we have another amazing episode with an amazing guest. It's Steve Panettiere. He is a consultant, training, and ritual designer. He has been a TEDx speaker. Let me welcome you, Steve Panettiere. Steve, how are you? Very well, thank you, Oscar. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy to have you here in the show. Thank you. Steve, could you tell us more about yourself and your projects? Well, at the moment, um, I'm working a lot with uh, communication. Communication, helping companies and individuals uh, get the most out of their interactions with people, helping the, the magic, if you like, happen between people and companies. Since when you are involved in public speaking or communications? Well, that's a tricky question, actually, because um, I've been on stage for a long, long time doing all sorts of different things. I've been a, as a teacher, for instance, I've been talking in front of people or as a musician in front of uh, groups of people doing music. But as a public speaker as such, I've been doing that for about five, six years. Mm -hmm. Great. Since uh, we were talking before the interview, I know now you're a very multifacetic person. <laughs> About the main topic that you have proposed, the question is, why the world needs more communications and not more knowledge? Ah, I love that question. So, well, let's look at it from the perspective of um, where there is the most research going on right now and knowledge gathering, which probably is academia. Mm -hmm. uh, scientists around the world are doing a lot of research on communication, of course, but also on many other topics. What I've noticed is that whether we work in the field of innovation with large companies whether we work with academia, whether we work with even individuals gathering knowledge for themselves, the problem doesn't seem to be in having enough knowledge. It seems to be about how they work with it with other people. There seems to be a lot of uh, redundant knowledge that is lost just because people are not able to communicate it clearly to each other. So I'm rather passionate about helping people to get the most out of what they already know and sharing it rather than digging further and further and further mm. into knowledge at an individual level. The story perhaps that could illustrate this is, you know, if you take, for instance, the CERN in Geneva, which has got like mm -hmm. one of the most amazing collection of, of minds in the world, perhaps, um, those people are often, well, very smart, very knowledgeable, but a lot of that knowledge is not really shared with other people who are not expert in the same domain that they have because the way they communicate it is rather abstract. So if they were to be able to communicate more concretely and more powerfully what they have as an idea or technology, think of what you could do. You think of what kind of breakthroughs we could achieve with those, those amazing minds. Sure. Could you tell us more about the green-blue-red communication framework? So this, this framework is actually not mine. It's... it's, it's um, I don't know if we should even call it a framework. It's, it's a system to understand better how people communicate in any circumstance. It's based on the work of a, a man called Theo Cox, who's a Flemish sociologist and a musicologist and academic, who's done a lot of work on trying to understand what are the universal indicators of communication as opposed to the cultural ones. And the way it mm -hmm. works is that he found by doing some research of different topics, different speakers in different contexts, such as 
political speakers, business speakers, and looking at what works to influence others, he found that if you go deeper than language, deeper than verbal, deeper than nonverbal even, you find three basic intentions of communication. The first intention, you could call it blue, would be associated with the ego and the intention of talking about yourself. It could be your knowledge, it could be your fears, it could be your experience, expertise. Talking green would be talking about the other in the same way that you talk about yourself. You can equally talk about the other. It's often called empathy uh, without judgment. And then talking red, which is the third intention, is talking about the shared action. Think of a salesperson whose main intention is to close a deal. They're actually mm -hmm. red most of the time, even though they might be using nice formula of speech. So those three basic intentions, what, what this framework is, is helping us to, to uncover, and it's nothing new, is that if you clearly differentiate between those three intentions in your communication at any one moment, you use them in the right situation, in the right proportion, in the right order, you get some pretty amazing results. But that requires, first, knowing the difference between those three colors and knowing how to use them. Just like when you learn to dance, you learn how to step on your right, then left, then turn. If you don't know those, it's rather difficult to learn the other patterns. So this is, it's, it's a very simple thing a framework you could call it that is used now in schools as early mm -hmm. as 10 years old but also by business people and even some diplomats in communication and predicting how you will be heard understood and influential mm -hmm. yes very interesting Steve, could you share with us a stage fright moment a stage fright moment it's actually something that's quite hard for me to answer because I've, I've not had stage fright for a long time simply because when you focus on the other, being green in other words, you don't really have as much stage fright because you're, you're no longer worried about yourself. Your ego is not so much in danger of looking stupid if mm -hmm. you're looking at the audience, if you're really interested in the audience rather than the way you look and you feel and you're being heard. So, but the, the, probably one of the times I was most afraid was... Um, not so much in public speaking, but in performing music. Same mm -hmm. as public speaking, actually. It's just that instead of talking, you're, you're playing an instrument, dancing or singing. And uh, that probably was the time I was most afraid, is performing on stage in front of uh, several thousand people, some drumming. That was actually more scary than public speaking. <laughs> so what do you say when someone comes to you and tell you they, they have the stage fry problem? What do you tell them? Well, of course, the first thing we start to talk about is ego. Mm -hmm. Is uh, what, what? Who do you actually think you are? And that sounds like an, an awfully arrogant question, but actually, it's it's a, it's a really important question. Is when you speak, who do you think you actually are in the eyes of the people listening? And in is it more important than who they are? And if it is, then the stage fright is obviously impossible to escape. So I help them to figure out strategies of not always looking at their own shoes and their own selves and stepping out of their comfort zone, stepping out of the box and and then all the other things like body language and voice pitch and so on that are usually very hard to change become much easier to change because it's quite natural to change your body language and the way you speak when you're focusing on others and by magic even in a couple of days I've seen people who were very very shy actually become beautifully confident in public speaking. Excellent. I'm curious about this. Can you tell me in which field, profession, of type of leaders you already see better communication, closer to the the green type of communication? Well, 
perhaps we'll start with where it's not a good <laughs> idea to work. <laughs> so the place that I get the most easily frustrated is, of course, um, business conferences and TV debates, where a lot of the communication is based on the idea that you have to be blue. You have to talk about yourself. You have to be impressing with your knowledge and your, your expertise. And um, so certainly the place to look is not um, conferences and it's not academia, and it's not TV shows or political debates. So if we exclude those, what is left? Well, usually the, the most influential and beautiful green communicators are found in comedy. Because actually, if you think about what a comedian is doing, he or she will be talking about what is in everybody's mind and twisting it to make it funny. So they're talking green pretty much all the time. And of course, most of the time, they're doing that for pure entertainment. But if somebody is able to understand talking green and use it for politics or business, they become extraordinary speakers. They become very charismatic and they are usually very impactful. So there's a few examples. At the moment, the person, I think in Finland, for example, who's the most green that I've noticed in public speaking is actually André Noël Schacker, mm -hmm. who is uh, often a host but also a speaker. And uh, ironically, when he presents people as a host, he's often better than the actual speakers, which <laughs> is perhaps embarrassing for, for the speakers. But that's, that's the reality. He's a very green presenter. Very good point. I, I didn't expect that you mentioned comedians. And can you mention a, another type of person that typically have this green communication? So perhaps you could think of therapists. Uh, people who are in some way involved with helping others. Mm. So whether it's a psychotherapist, whether it's a life coach, uh, not all of them, by the way, are very green. There's some very blue ones out there. Um, consider the difference between a blue coach and a green coach. A blue coach would say, I am wonderful, I am expert, and <laughs> I can help you because I'm an mm. expert. That's very different than the, the coach or therapist who says, you seem to have a problem. Mm. Uh, Perhaps you could tell me more about what's, what's troubling you and perhaps I can help you. That's a green coach. So coaching and therapists are also very, very good communicators usually. What in particular about today's communications annoys you the most? Well, let's take an example. Let's take a political debate on TV, which is very common. Let's even take one example that happened in the 1980s in France when the topic was European Union. Still a big topic. Uh, you had one speaker who was asked, so what do you think, uh, Mr. Important Guy, about European Union? And he answered something of the type, well, imagine a set of multinational powers fighting for supreme control over the economic funding. And, of course, everybody lost the thread after about three words. And then the other guy is asked the same question, and he answers this. He says, imagine a car in which one person is doing the steering, another person is doing the gears, and a third person is looking in the mirrors. Would you like to be in that car? I certainly wouldn't. I'd be terrified. Well, that to me is what the European Union is. It's uncoordinated leadership. And now the two speakers, when you listen back to what they were saying, they had exactly the same message, except that in the audience, the first one got booed off stage and the other one got a round of applause and actually was claimed as a hero. The only difference was one was talking abstract, the other one was talking concrete. And it's an by no means a reflection of how smart each one of them was. And what annoys me, therefore, most is, is when you have very smart people who believe that it's enough to be smart, you actually do not get understood if you're not able to communicate tangibly. In fact, if you look at academic literature, it's always starting with an abstract, not a concrete. Mm -hmm. The day that they will have academic journals with also a concrete at the front, then it will start <laughs> to have a bit more value for the furthering of knowledge and sharing of knowledge for people.
Okay, less abstract, more concrete. Good point. Esteb, please share with us your favorite quotation. Uh, there's so many of them, but let's pick one that actually is aligned with being green. Let's pick perhaps, um, if you ask a question, you're full for a second, and if you don't ask a question, you're full forever. So <laughs> in a way, it talks about stepping out of your comfort zone. It also talks about being a bit green and not making assumptions, which is one of the biggest problems with communication today. Mm -hmm. Make with questions. Mm -hmm. Could you recommend us one book that has inspired you and, your, and you think our listeners should read it? So the topic, communication, the first thing that pops to mind is l let's think about a communication book. Actually, mm -hmm. I can't recommend any single one that I think is particularly good. They're all interesting for a particular angle. Mm -hmm. Most of the books I've read or the things that I've learned have not been actually from books. They have been from direct experience by, by, by doing what I call bubble traveling. If you, if you want to read up on that, <laughs> I've got an article in the blog on that, on, on the idea of really traveling with your mind, not just with your body. So that's where I've learned a lot about communication. But um, if, you, if you're the type of person who learns by reading, then one set of directions that you could take would be looking at uh, the human energy system because that actually is very interesting in how it connects to communication. For example, there's, a, there's, there's very many books out there explaining what the, the human energy anatomy is. For example, in, in India they call it the chakras. You mm -hmm. can call it anything you want, but actually it's about understanding how the energy exchange happens when people communicate. That is much more informative than a lot of literature that is today done in the 10, ti ten tricks, 10 tips mm -hmm. on doing yes. a good presentation. So I would recommend, for example, one, uh, actually almost any book that summarizes the link between chakras and other scientific systems is very, very interesting. So we could perhaps add some references at the end of this uh, interview that I could put in if you want. Yeah, absolutely. We, I, will, I, I will add all the references in the show notes of the episode so everybody can go there. So www.timetoshinepodcast.com and you can check the, the information that Esteb is sharing with us. Esteb, this is almost the end of the interview, but at this moment I always ask to our um, guests a routine to shine. Could you share with us an exercise a routine that you recommend to do it uh, daily or weekly as a routine to shine? Very nice question. Yeah, there's so many actually that um, usually in communication we tend to recommend to people to step out of their comfort zone. So you'll, you'll get plenty of those by looking at all the communication books. So I won't give you that. I'll give you another one that's very, very simple and actually quite delicious, which is every time you meet somebody for the next week, try asking them, instead of like Oscar asking me, how are you, which is what we do, <laughs> uh, you ask, what are you grateful about? It could be said in a different way. It could be said like, what's the best thing that's happened to you, to, to you today? Or uh, what's, what's on your mind that's really exciting? Or in some way, asking people about the positive emotion that's happening right now. And usually, it jolts people out of the usual, uh, either no real committed answer to how are you, which is yes, fine, thank you. Mm -hmm. Or the negative answer, which is I've got a list of problems I'm trying to tackle. Sure. And if you do that for a week, you might find yourself actually having a lot more conversations with a lot more people that are perhaps more meaningful and deep and interesting than, than you would normally have. Just to change the how are you. And this definitely you, you will do it every day. If you start doing it, you will do it really every day. I absolutely agree with you. Well, this is all. This has been a amazing interview. I like a lot your ideas. I share what, what you have shared with us. The, 
the deep part of the communication is uh, is normally different from what we hear, right? As you mentioned, the 10 tips, things like that. But there's a lot more mm. more mm. inside. Thank you very much for, for the interview. But before that, could you tell our listeners how they can learn more about you, how they can follow you? Sure. And at the moment, I'm, I, I've got uh, a website that's called, uh, very originally, www stfpanettier.com in which there's also a blog and I, I, I blog about all sorts of topics related to communication uh, you'll find there there's, there's links to videos there's links to content some discussions and Facebook as well um, but just a last note on, on, on what I'm working on um, if you if you are going to check out the website you'll find that it's presented as this framework of three colors actually mm -hmm. What I'm currently working on is a book to show how it's actually not substituting but adding to all the communication theory we have today, whether it's NLP, New mm -hmm. Linguistic Programming, or Nonviolent Communication, or any other communication literature today, is actually completely the same thing but said in more complicated ways. So it's a, fo it's a form of a simplified access. It's like a hack into the human communication system. <laughs> so you can find that on the, the website and the blog that will be on this podcast. Amazing. Thank you very much, Steph, and have a nice day. Thank you very much. Same to you. Bye-bye. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website, www.timetoshinepodcast.com. Welcome to listen to us again next week.